0: Hello there. Happy Thursday. Um, I have not really taken off many days of this podcast this month on Wednesday. Decided to do that um, just to, you know, get my – get just get everything together uh, for this show. Going to have another one on Friday. Going to have all five episodes for you all next week. So that's the main reason why uh, there is no episode on Wednesday. But for today's show, we're going to start some of the season reviews. Sydney Crosby will be first up after his tremendous season. Some, some news around Yuso Rikla He's not going to be with the organization couple big days in Penguins history um, These last couple of days And also a note from uh, Josh Yoey's mailbag um, Did have an update, a small update on the Kenny Malkin and Chris Letang um, Contract talk So I'm going to get to that And a little bit more for today's episode Of the Locked on Penguins podcast Your Locked on Penguins Your daily podcast On the Pittsburgh Penguins Part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hello and welcome back to another episode of the locked on penguins podcast i am your host Hunter road Remember to follow me on twitter at hunter hody saw the show's twitter at lo underscore penguins so uh, a couple uh, big days, you know, these last couple of days in Penguins history yesterday was the five-year anniversary of uh, the double overtime goal heard around the world. Um, as Doc Emrick said, um, you know, Penguins win it and they go to the final, um, you know, that was, and that goal, it looked like it was probably potentially not going to be scored. Connor Sherry had that awful pass at the blue line. Go back and rewatch that goal. Um, he's lucky that Stahlberg did not intercept that because he was probably gone if that just hits his stick and then he starts skating and, you know, who knows if Matt Murray does make that save, maybe he does because he was playing so well at the time, but um, definitely a risky pass. Penguins got lucky. They are able to cycle it down low. And then Sidney Crosby makes that pass to Kunitz and the Penguins go on to the final, which of course they ended up winning over the national predators. Uh, today, six years ago, they take down the Tampa Bay lightning. The the Mark Donk Brian rust game in full effect. As Doc Emmerich called two seconds and one, the Penguins are going to the final call that will always be um, etched in my memory. And the Penguins, of course, went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. Um, you know, again, that was Brian Russ coming out party. So two pretty big days in Penguins history these last couple of days. And you know, also, you know, May, uh, May 25th, 1991, uh, they, they took home the first Stanley Cup. Uh, and, you know, um, I always, you know, obviously watched that game a couple times. Um, you know, seeing Mario lift the cup uh, with all of his teammates around him. Uh, never gets old, and you know when, when I watched that when I watched that video, I think Jesse Marshall put it on Twitter yesterday. I just I do think of Badger Bob um, rest in peace. I, I still wish he was with us today. Um, the Penguins probably win another Stanley Cup or two when he's the head coach. He he, along with Mike Sullivan, the two big greatest coaches in this franchise history. There was just something about Badger Bob that you know everyone on the team just they they, they loved him. They they would follow him wherever. Um, a brilliant coach and someone that left us far too soon. Um, I, I wish he, again, I wish he was still with us today. So a lot of big moments in the franchise's history um, these last couple of days, for sure. Um, other news and notes around the team. So Juso Rikula, um, he is not going to be with the Pittsburgh Penguins organization next year. Um, he has signed with a team in the Swedish Hockey League. Um, he played a full season down in Wilkesbury. This past year, um, and, and that was always going to be expected because you know you look at the defensive depth chart: Ryan Dumoulin, Crystal Tang, Patterson Marino, Matheson Roubetal, Mark Friedman is there. Um, you know, it's it, you know at best at best he's the number eight, and you know he actually did look pretty good in the minutes that he was given throughout his four, uh, four years in the tenure. You know, appeared in eighty games, three goals, ten assists, uh, thirteen points. I'm pretty sure his first goal came against the St. Louis Blues if I recall right um, always had a nice shot um, from the point. I always liked his puck moving ability. For whatever reason, Mike Sullivan decided to, you know, whenever he played in the lineup, the Penguins would just, <laughs> he would come right out after two, three games. It was something that I never really understood. Um, you know, I don't know what he did to get into Sullivan's doghouse. I guess maybe everyone above him was, you know, better. But this was also at the time where, you know, some of the Penguins defensemen were were not good. And you know, Ricco was here during the years where Jack Johnson was horrible and Justin Schultz was bad, um, and Eric Hugbreinson was here. Even the fact that Ricolo was really not getting any ice time over them was definitely a bit weird. But you know, best of luck to him um, with his with his future endeavors for his career. I'm always a player that I think didn't get a fair shot, um, at least in my opinion. But and you know, just to go off that a little bit more. Um, his underlying numbers were always pretty good, you know, above 50% in shot attempts per 60, above 50%, I believe, in scoring chances, high danger. His defensive impacts were usually pretty solid. Um, I remember when they signed him, I think one of my buddies thought he was going to be like an all-star or something. I'm like, all right, let's pump the brakes on that. I thought he was going to be at least a serviceable number five or number six. Um, I just didn't foresee him, you know, being a healthy scratch for – um most of his tenure before, you know, he spent this entire season in wilkes but, you know, props to him for doing that. I mean, he probably should be on an NHL roster. I mean, there are plenty of defensemen in this league who really do not belong in the NHL, and the fact that he wasn't able to be, you know, not, not even just on the Penguins, but on any other team, I think is kind of, it's weird, because I, I see the talent. I see how good he is with the puck on the stick. I like his defensive capability. Um, it's just a shame it didn't work out here. But, again, best of luck to him moving forward in the, uh, the Swedish Hockey league. And again, I, I definitely think the penguins, you know, I, I wouldn't say they wasted him, but I think they kind of screwed his development up <clears throat> um, at least a little bit. Um, that I think otherwise that's the main news uh, from the week here. Um, let's get to Sidney Crosby's season review here. Um, played in a nice 69 games this season, almost 1100 minutes of ice time. of the shot attempts for the Penguins when he was on the ice. Um, He had 61% of the actual goals, uh, 55-4-35 against. Um, uh, 55% of the expected goals at even strength. Scoring chances for about 57%. That's the highest he's been uh, since 2018-19. Um, high danger-wise, the thing was at 55.5% of the high danger chances when he was on the ice. High danger goals for 32-19, to 19, that equates to almost 63%. On-ice shooting percentage, 8.3%, which is a little bit down from where he was um, last year, which was at um, 9%. Um, he was on a, another level. And then, of course, you go to the playoffs. And, I mean, this guy was just a one-man Wrecking crew. Here, let, let's take a look at these beautiful numbers. 96 minutes of 5v5 ice time, 56% of the shot attempts for the penguins when he was on the ice. Seven, uh, 58% of the actual goals for when he was on the ice, 75 of the expected goals, 68% of the scoring chances, 81% of the high-danger chances. Sidney Crosby was on the ice for 45 high-danger chances for and 10 high-danger chances against, and they couldn't win that goddamn series. That was probably some of the best hockey we have ever seen this guy play, and it's a shame that the goaltending stunk in that series. It is a shame that Louis Deming couldn't make some easy saves when he needed to. And I also will say it is a massive shame that Sid had to miss a game, um, you know, due to, you know, the precaution uh, for being a concussion. It it was confirmed by a couple of people that was a concussion, but um, it was that I think Ceravelli said that it was not a concussion. They were just, you know, being uh, cautious with him to say the least. But, I mean, just a ridiculous year from Sid. And, you know, the fact that he's doing this at age 35 people, I mean, like, again, he's a top three player in this league. Cherish what you are getting from the captain right now. He is not going to play at this level forever. Yes, I understand it. You know, he knows his body better than anyone. And he has a very rigid off-season routine, and you know he's going to be able to do more training over this offseason because I don't think he's really nursing an injury. But man, was he good in the playoffs! He was excellent during the regular season. He, I think, I think he deserved more Hart Trophy love than he was getting. I think if he doesn't miss that first month of the season with that injury, then obviously he had that uh, bout with COVID. Um, he probably breaks a hundred points again, or, or or comes very close to it. So you know the fact that he was this good. Um, you know, I, I have all the confidence in the world in Sid going into next year. You know, until he stops play, playing at this level, I'm just going to expect this from him, um, moving forward. And again, you know, I obviously know he's not prime 25, 26 year old Sidney Crosby. I'm not asking him to play like that, but you know, 35 year old who's putting well over a point per game and just, you know, is now tied for fifth all time and uh, playoff points among any, all, among any NHL players. Um, just goes to show how awesome of a season he had. So um, next year, if he's fully healthy, I'm honestly expecting 90 to 95 points, potentially breaking 100. If the scoring goes up, I'm sure he's going to be playing with Jake Gensel and Brian Russ now, now that Rusty is re-signed. Um, and that line's going to be a handful. I mean, what they did to the Rangers was not fair. Um, they deserved a better fate in that series, especially those two players, especially Jake Gensel um, next to sit, I mean, he had eight goals in seven games. I mean, this was 2017 level stuff from Jake, no one could stop him. And even Brian Russ, he had a few goals in that series. He wasn't playing at the level we saw during the regular season, but, you know, was still, you know, playing well enough where he was torching the Rangers, whoever was out there against them. So um, I expect him in that line to be awesome next year. Again, you know, honestly, expecting 30 goals, maybe 55, 60 assists next year for him. At this point, that's the level of production. And, you know, I'm also expecting underlying numbers, 55% of the shot attempts, scoring chances, high danger, you know, r- right around there. Um, I would say. So another tremendous season from Sid, and I'm looking forward to watching him uh, continue, at least for the next three years uh, while he is under contract. Um, Still a little more to get to for this episode of Locked on Penguins Podcast, including that um, interesting quote from Josh Yewey in his mailbag. Uh, But before we get to that, we've been asking and built delivered. Built granola bars are finally here. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and the Puffs. Built Granola Bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like bars and Puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or eat as a snack. And they are made with uh, protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of healthy benefits. So you can go to Bilt.com to get built granola bars right now, and you can use the code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at underscore penguins As I am recording this Uh, I'm pretty sure Rob Tagg, who covers the Islanders, I just saw the biggest dive I have ever seen from Jacob Truba. The dude can dish it out with some of these questionable hits, and yet Ian Cole delivers the the softest little cross check. Guy goes down like he was headshot sniped in Fortnite or Call of Duty Warzone. Like, give me a break. I I can't. You know, again, I I try to obviously be objective as I can on the show. I cannot stand that guy. He's just such a coward. Um, Anyways, Getting back um, to what I was saying, I'm um, just actually looking at the game right here. It looks like there's some offside stuff here. So this is obviously the, the fans in New York are going to um, have some fun with this. But um, there was an interesting quote um, from Josh Yoey's mailbag that he had. And the quote was, you know, we know Russ remains. I will be surprised if both Latang and Malkin return to the Penguins, though I'm not ruling out that possibility. I think clearly uh, Malkin is starting to show signs of age, and because of this, you know, he may not be basically, you know, worth the value that he was used to. It, you know, that and that's what I've been talking about on the show for the last couple of weeks now. Obviously, you are, not you know, he's going to be 36. He you know, he is 36, basically. Um, you're not going to get 2009 to 2012 a level of Yanni Malkin, which is I've been saying you, you people need to lower their expectations with him. That said, you know, if only one or the other comes back, you know, it, it's gonna, it's gonna have a ripple effect. Obviously, you know, if, again, if I had to pick one, I'm picking Chris Letang. You can, it's easy. Again, it's easier to replace a two C than a franchise center. But I also, again, will say, I think the penguins have no choice, but to bring back both of these players. You know, cat friendly you know, in, you know, it's one of my favorite resources. I mean, I absolutely loved uh, g- going on there and um, l- looking at all, all of the free agents. I know I know, everyone likes to uh, basically um, make their own lineups and stuff. You know, I know Claude Giroux is out there. I don't think he would ever come to the Penguins. <laughs> uh, that would be a Marc-Andre Fleury to a Washington kind of thing. Patrice Bergeron, I mean, that's a pipe dream. He's only going to be playing at Boston. Max Domi. I mean, he only had 39 points in 72 games this year. Uh, He is not replacing the level that Evgeny Malkin had. Um, Pure Luke Dubois is an RFA. I don't think the Penguins would try to offer sheet him. I've already touched on Vitsin Trocek. Um, Nazem Kadri would be a lot of fun. I will say that. He also had 87 points in 71 games this year. So... Um, the penguins would have to pay him a lot more money than they would be paying Evgeny Malkin if they want to get him back. And, you know, I also think the avalanche are really going to try to go after Kadri to get him to resign. Um, I think the abs will have the cap to do it, but Kadri, you know, he would make a lot of sense. Um, but again, I will stress stress this. I don't think the penguins will be able to land him because salary cap exists. And I think he's going to want. Um, a lot more money than if more, Mulca- and rightfully so. I mean, he did have a better season than him. You know, but outside of that, you know, you go down the list, Victor Rask, Andrew Kopp, Chris Tierney. I mean, not, it, it, the list, the list falls off pretty quick. You know, Dylan Strom, J.P. Eagle, Cody Eakin. <laughs> I mean, Vladislav and I mean, again, this all goes from my point. The Penguins have no choice with these situations, you know, Malkin was a point-per-game player again this year. Um, And and I'll even say this, you know, compared to Vincent Trocek. So 42 points in 41 games uh, for Evgeny Malkin. If I can find Trocek here. He only had 51 points in 81 games. Even though Trocek will be a great player, and yes, I understand the hometown storyline – Grew up rooting for the Penguins family. I'm sure all Penguins fans, even though they probably root for Carolina now, of course, and then Florida beforehand, you know, he's not going to be a point per game player with the Penguins. You're going to get good production out of him again, probably 20 goals, 30 assists, but can you live with that as your second line center? And, you know, are, are you confident that that can replace Malkin's production when he was on pace for 84 points last year? 44 of those would have been goals. I'm not saying he would have gotten to 44 goals. He probably would not have, but the fact that he was on that pace, you know, goes to show how special of a season he was having. And, you know, and I'll, and I'll um, go a step further here. um, If I can find uh, Jeff's account here, Jeff with an O who does stuff uh, for Penn's, uh, for the Penns blog or used to do stuff for the Penns blog, Um, you know, looking at his isolated impact this year, even straight offense, he was plus Uh, 0.15 better than league average in that. So plus 6% overall, this is uh, from Micah uh, Blake McCurdy's hockey viz stuff on the power play uh, plus 0.55 above average uh, with all the the, the offensive blobs right in in the front of the net defensively he was still fine you know it's not he's not going to kill you now if you go to um the 5-5 offense chart 556 minutes at 5-5 ice time this year for Gino, expected goals for per 60 right around three that's plus 15 percent above league average with the more red that's in front of the net and in the offensive zone the better um obviously you know the more chances and shots that you're getting and malkin has a huge blob right in the high danger area and defensively expected goals against 2.4, uh, 2.43. Um, that's, you know, that, that's good. I mean, there's a a nice blue blob, which means you're not bleeding as many chances in those areas in front of the net. The red is, you know, beyond the dots near the blue line. So, you know, the, the people that can, that are saying to me that Malkin is not good at five v five anymore. I'm really not understanding where that narrative has come from. I mean, I, I have the data right in front of me that shows that he can still be good at five v five. Is he the player that he used to be? No, he is not. And people are going to have to start accepting that, but he can still play well at 5v5 and he's a very net positive on the power play. He's not this power play specialist that people think he is. I mean, it's just, that's, that's, that's not the case. So, you know, give him, you know, his number average, honestly, three times 7.1, I, He might accept that (laughs) in all seriousness. I mean, I don't think he's going to get, you know, Nick Baxter money when he got 9.2 on his contract or Ovechkin money, who I think got the same thing, but you know, he's even said he's open to taking a discount. So if you can get him for seven to 7.5 million, um, you know, to me, that's a win or, you know, if you could actually go lower than that, maybe get him for 6.5, but maybe that's a little too of a low ball, but you know, I, I still think he is going to be back. And again, it is interesting that Josh is reporting it this way because, you know, obviously not to take anything away from Josh, he does great work and he's come on the show numerous times. It is a bit, you know, conflicting because some of the national people have said that, you know, it's kind of the opposite that the penguins are closer in talks with Chris Letang, Elliot Friedman. I uh, said that earlier this week. So, you know, def- definitely a bit curious, um, with with that to say the least. Um and again, you know, Latang, you know, again, I've been saying it's 50. Um he needs to be their number one priority, um, to say the least. Um still have a little more to get to for this episode of the Locked on Penguins Podcast, but Before we get to that, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports information and information from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. You can head to the website today or to use your phone to learn more about the trends in action that is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, you know, I got some interesting comments on the YouTube page um, after the episode with Danny posted. And I find it a little, I shouldn't say disturbing, just weird. How many fans um, in the Penguins fan base do not want Evan Rodriguez back? I I don't get it. Sure, I understand that he didn't play at the level that he did during the first half of the regular season. I get it. But he still came alive towards the end part of the regular season and in the playoffs. I saw some wild takes out there that he was a 13th forward. I mean, how many 13th uh, forwards, excuse me, uh, I'm just going to load this up here real quick. How many 13th forwards – are going to have 19 goals and 43 points in 82 games. That's a half a point per game pace. And people are telling me that they don't want this guy back as a good depth option. I don't I don't get that. Um, he played really nice next to Sidney Crosby during the regular season. And yeah, he lit it the heck up in the first half. And yeah, I know it was not as good down the stretch, but he was still getting good chances. The difference was... The puck was not going in the back of the net. Then that started to happen a bit more in the playoffs when he got a couple of massive goals for the Penguins. And yes, as you're listening, you're probably waiting for me to say this. I understand the bad penalty that he took in Game 6 when the Penguins were up to nothing. I totally get that. It was a stupid play. Should have been called on Lindgren first. Was not. Tautory penalty, they're always going to call it. But I'll counter this to you all. He redeemed himself. In Game Seven, with that beautiful goal, shorthanded, I may add, they actually put him on the PK, which is something that they should have done more of this year. And then the Penguins—they gave it away because Marino made that bad pass in the defense zone, as well as Pedersen losing his helmet with 5:45 left, and and they took that, Rock begin took that stupid penalty. So you know, for as much as people want to blame him for losing that series or blame him for that Game Six loss, you know, he redeemed himself in Game Seven. I, I don't. I honestly, I'm tired of that narrative that I keep reading. Um, at least that, that, that's how I see it. Um, this is a player that should be brought back. Uh, you know, I, I know you can sign depth players for bargains. Danton Heinen obviously almost had 20 goals this year, but, you know, replacing 43 points and uh, from a bottom six player, that's a bit harder than you, than you, than you think. Uh, I will say that, you know, Heinen for as good as he was, he wasn't as good of a playmaker as Rodriguez was. Um, and he was someone that really came into his own this season. And yeah, okay, sure. He's 28 years old. Will he have a season like this again? Maybe not. But, you know, his previous career high was in Buffalo when he had 29 points in 74 games. He has, you know, found a home here in Pittsburgh. This is a good fit for him. And, you know, he he finally put it all together. And, I, and I'll say this. I, I have faith that he can, you know, play at least close to that level next year. Again, I want to see it more for a full 82 game season, but I'm, I'm tired of the people saying like, well, you know, he should easily walk, you know, they can use that money elsewhere. It's like, no, I mean, like you need to fill out the bottom of your lineup. Once you have the core locked up um, in a perfect world with players that can score the timely goals when you need them. And in the playoffs, Rodriguez did that again, game seven, they were less than six minutes away from advancing here. People, it was not his fault that they lost that series. I know he made a stupid penalty. I got mad at him for it. It was done. The game changed after that two to one goal, you know. But I also will blame a little bit on Louis Domingue for allowing that really garbage goal uh, from Mika Zibanejad from the top point to tie it two to two. I mean that you know if that one doesn't go in, who knows what happens the rest of the game? And you know also they they had the Penguins had chances in the third period of that game. Brian Russ literally missed a wide open net with less than 10 minutes left in the third period. Mike Matheson thread that pass right to him. That's probably a a goal that Russ buries nine out of 10 times. And he just did not. So, you know, again, no, you can, you can, what's, how do I want to say this? You know, it's, it's, you gotta be able to fill out the bottom of your lineup with good depth players that can contribute, you know, good luck finding a depth player, an actual depth player in free agency that's going to put up close to fifty points for you. I mean that 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 is how I see it. At least if you disagree with me, you know I, I get it. You know I'm not I'm not here to, you know, please everyone. And um, this is just that's just how I see it. But you know, I, I, I truly think that people need to cut him some more slack and realize how good he was this year because the numbers do not lie. This is not a thirteen forward or anything like that. This is someone that can play on your third line that can slide up to the top six when needed. Um, he was a really good player for the Penguins this year, and I would love nothing more for them to bring him back. So that'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I'll be back on Friday with another episode where we'll be continuing our season reviews and some other cool topics that I've been um, you know, brainstorming for a while here that I think you all uh, will enjoy. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow.